0: carrot cake, my favorite. If you've ever opened an oncology protocol, I'm sure you've seen the RESIST criteria. But did you know about the IR RESIST? I don't know much about it, so I really look forward to my next interview with Dr. Oliver Bonsack, Kalex's own VP of medical and scientific services where he's going to give us more information on IR Resist. So we're with Oliver Bonzac uh, from Kalex. Hi Oliver, how are you today?
1: Hello, Sylvain. We're doing quite all right. I'm in the uh, Berlin office, actually, today. I left my home office uh, to come in and spend a day in the office. I'm I'm glad we can have this interview.
0: Nice, me too. Um, I'm intrigued by what I can see behind you on the shelf. What is it?
1: Pictures on the wall? I didn't paint those, but the the device up front, uh, that's actually an an x-ray tube. That's a real radiologist's device. Uh, I am and I remain a radiologist after all, uh, although no longer practicing in the clinic or in uh, daily health care. But that is a true real x-ray tube and I'm I'm proud to uh, to have that displayed in my office.
0: That's so cool. I've never seen one before. That's amazing. Um, So you are a radiologist, uh, but how did you get into uh, the, the clinical trials industry?
1: Oh, that's long ago. I'm, I'm in this industry now, here, since 19 years this summer. So, in the late uh, 90s of the last century, uh, I was a board-certified radiologist and looking at uh, grey films, basically, all day long. That was interesting, that was good, uh, that was uh, actual health care But it got boring and I couldn't envision myself doing this for the rest of the year, Uh, not just for the rest of the for the rest of my life. Sitting in a dark room uh, looking at gray films. Uh, So I thought that there must be something else uh, for Oliver to find his niche in. So I actually emigrated from Germany into the US. I lived there for a couple of years and I got an MBA, a specialized healthcare MBA at that time. And by early 2001, I returned to Germany. Uh, I started my industry career with uh, Siemens Medical. I was a product manager then for computed tomography. So before I left, I was uh, sitting at the scanner and now I'm uh, working for the scanner manufacturer. And I stayed with Siemens for a couple of years and then learned that even there is a better niche for radiologists. So I learned about that clinical trials environment and that imaging is gaining more and more importance. And I thought that a radiologist's expertise might be of value to one of those newly founded imaging CROs, and uh, so it was and i'm in this industry ever since i started with perceptive informatics then Parexcel, and now calyx in 2003 hanging on until now
0: oh, so you're coming up to your 20 years anniversary next year then that's uh, impressive year,
1: 20 years yes i should get the golden calyx watch shouldn't i
0: <laughs> yes we, we that's what we all look forward to
1: <laughs> to the golden watch, yes, <laughs> I'm <sure it> <laughs>
0: um, So today uh, we're here to talk about uh, IR resist and I'm clueless on this topic so uh, I can't wait for you to educate me and I have probably a very uh, naive question to start with but what does IR stand for?
1: I'm glad that you admit that you're totally naive to this uh, topic, to this uh, criterion and uh, to medical imaging in oncology and the assessment criteria. Uh, That helps me phrase it so that uh, literally everyone can understand it. Let's get one step back. In late 70s of the past century was the first structured analysis of images of patients participating in clinical trials. That was defined by the WHO back then. Uh, Still based on X-rays and measuring with calipers on X-ray images. Then computer tomography gained uh, more importance also in the clinical trial world. And in 2000, RESIST was published. That's the response evaluation criteria in solid tumors. So we're just talking about how to assess patients and their response to treatment that are suffering from solid tumors. Uh, Those criteria got a revision in 2009. And about the same time I.O. therapy entered the market. Now we're getting closer to your question, what does IR stand for? What is I.O.? I.O. is uh, immune oncology, not by chemotherapy killing tumor cells, but by stimulating the body's own immune system. So there is a variety of I.O. therapies available but the old criteria didn't match any longer. So we needed to develop something new to better assess the patients and more fairly assess the efficacy of the compound of the treatment given. So the first criteria developed in 2009 and published were IRRC, first time IR pops up. immune-related response criteria, still based somewhat on the old uh, WHO definitions, also already somewhat linked uh, with RESIST. And those uh, listening to me talk here familiar with RESIST, they may remember this and they don't uh, need to hear the details of RESIST. So we continued And then there were uh, two publications by Nifino, one stating that 10 lesions measured as targets isn't really needed. Five lesions is good enough, similar to resist. And also bi-dimensional measurements as used with the WHO criteria and still used in uh, IRRC to some extent are also no longer needed, unidimensional good enough. So based on these two criteria, to bring this into the clinical trial world, into clinical practice, it needed a lot more detail, a lot more description, and uh, the fine tuning of the nuances. And we ran the first trial with it, and this were the immune-related resist criteria. Uh, published in 14 and used since then. So there you have your answer going back into the development of imaging assessment criteria and oncology studies for patients with solid tumors and their metastases, the development of the criteria and how it came all about to now being the immune-related resistance.
0: Uh, That's very interesting and I feel like I'm getting a a lesson on Racist and IR Racist, so uh, I love it, (laughs) thank you. Um, So something I didn't quite get though, and I'm sorry if you already explained it, is like how does it differ with Racist or how does um, IR Racist improve Um, the medical imaging space.
1: Now we're getting to the key differences. There are response categories in these uh, imaging-based criteria, which are complete response, partial response, when the tumor shrinks but is not completely gone, stable disease grows or shrinks a little bit, but remains basically stable. And then of course, progressive disease, meaning the tumor grows, the measured target lesions, the not measured non-target lesions, they, they expand, they become more and the patient progresses. That's called PD, progressive disease. Now with IO therapy, stimulating the body's own immune system, It may make sense to understand that before something gets better, it may get worse. Thinking of the immune system, uh, you understand that the immune cells penetrate towards the tumor cells where they're supposed to do their job, killing these cells off. So the actual tumor findings, metastases, or the primary tumor itself may actually increase in size before it shrinks. In medical terms, this is called a pseudo progression. And to differentiate between pseudo progression and a real progression, you just need to wait. It is expected that this type of treatment causes in this patient population an increase in tumor burden, a swelling of the tumors, not necessarily a growth, a inflammatory reactive response that leads to a swelling. But you cannot tell the difference on a plain computer tomography or MRI scan. You just see the tumor is bigger than it was before. So what to do? Here's the nuance, resist is pretty strict. And strict means the agencies, the regulatory agencies are very strict as well. When a progress is reached to the agency, that's a documentation of treatment failure. It would be unethical to continue treating this patient with a now proven medication that doesn't seem to help the patient. Makes sense. You have pain, you take a pill, the pain gets worse. You're not going to take more of those pills. You say, no, i rather take another pill. Same in tumor treatment. You have a tumor, you're fighting for your life. You get a treatment and on the next control, you see that the tumor did grow instead of shrink. Doctors say, mm, not the right treatment we have to switch. Patients say I agree doctor even I can see on the scans that I now have more tumor than the last visit and agencies FDA or EMA or any other agency says the same there needs to be a clear cut when is a patient considered a progressor and when not. So here the new criteria come into play that allow for not taking patients off treatment too early, but rather allow for continued treatment, observation and making the right decision at bedside medicine as well as for the assessment for the statistical analysis of clinical trial data whether the patient is a true progressor or it may be just a pseudo-progression.
0: So, if I put it in my own words and correct me if I say anything wrong, please. Um, So, when you read in a protocol that a patient should stay on treatment until uh, disease progression. Essentially, here we have an endpoint based on medical imaging. uh, And through IR Resist, we have a better way of making sure that we reach the endpoint. Is that right?
1: Yes. That is right, with the focus on endpoint. Let me get a little bit deeper into the descriptive nuances here. In an oncology trial there is only one valid endpoint, that's overall survival. With this drug given, does the patient live longer than otherwise? Well, Overall survival as an endpoint is very difficult and time consuming to measure. Time consuming, the patients may live long and it takes long to follow up until that endpoint is reached. Also patients typically will get other treatments before that survival endpoint is reached. And survival means the patient dies of that disease Um, with imaging based endpoints one can make treatment decisions and efficacy decisions much earlier you do not have to wait until the patient dies but you can see earlier that the patient responds to the treatment or does not respond to the treatment when the tumor burden grows so with this the new criteria, well, it's not new, it's now well established and validated criteria. IRSIS. We get more into the endpoint verification, yes, but also treatment verification. For statistical trial conduct, yes, the endpoints of statistical efficacy is of importance. For the investigator, it is how do I treat the patient? And for the patient who is making the most important decision, uh, does this help me? Is this the right treatment uh, to counter my tumor burden? Or should I take another treatment? Those decisions can now be made easier based with IR resist. Uh One question always comes up. Uh, these. I.O. criteria never are applicable to the entire patient population of a clinical trial, only to a subset. Is it worth uh, switching to a new criterion? That's a question that eventually the treating physician, the doctor at the bedside has to answer and also regulatory agencies have to answer. Um, In our publication, you will find that with these 12 different tumor indications, we saw that on average, eight point some percent of patients benefit from being assessed with IR resist instead of resist fluctuates somewhere between five to 15% in that range. Now, what does that mean? You might say that, yeah, come on, it's eight, nine, maybe 10% of patients. Is it really worth it? Isn't old resist good enough? For the 90% of the patients it is. For the other 10%, it is not. And you do not know which of your patients falls into the 10% category. You can only figure this out in a long-term observation, but you may never find this out because once the progress is documented on imaging and you take the patient off that treatment, we are now talking about next line treatment. So these patients are getting closer and closer and closer to the end and end here, unfortunately means a death due to the tumor disease. So 8, 9, 10% of patients on average fall into this category. And with that, now it becomes really interesting. The treating doctors may open up to litigation from patients not being evaluated most accurately. But on old, outdated criteria, not well suited for an immune treatment. That's something that sponsors, that investigators, and also that regulatory agencies may need to consider in my. Yeah,
0: definitely. I agree. Um, And we know that. Um, although this number, like between 8 and, and uh, 15%, seems low, every single patient counts in a trial. So um, that's something to uh, keep in mind. Um, so we're getting to, to the end um, of our time here. Um, really interesting. One last question from, from me. Where would you like to see IR in the future?
1: IR assist uh, will persist as it is in one way or the other. The imaging around it may change, may be more modern in the future the assessment may be more modern meaning uh, we may get away from the double read model by two radiologists and then a third one may serve as an adjudicator if the first two disagree we may get to a model where one read is done by the doctor in the center at the site and one read by a central reader. And then that case is adjudicated. Uh, We may get to a model where the first read is done by an algorithm, where actually a software analyzes the images and then a radiologist just gives the final sign off. That's how I see imaging to evolve, but we would still need criteria to make an assessment of some sort. Does the treatment work or does it not work? And the immune based treatments will not go away. They will get better and more popular and they will turn to normal. What was chemotherapy 30 years ago will become normal with personalized uh, specific to the body designed uh, treatments for tumor and specific tumor cells in the future. And for that, the immune related resist is the perfect fit.
0: Okay, so more IR resist essentially, uh, but hopefully also some automation on uh, reads Uh, which would help um, with identifying tumor progression.
1: That's how I see it, uh, Sylvain. Coming back to uh, what I said very early on, the x-ray tube. We all know that radiation is not good. X-rays harm. So when I was in training to become a radiologist, Uh, We all thought, yeah, computer tomography, that's good. But in the early 2000s, 2000s, we we won't need CT any longer. That's uh, radiation-based. MRI or other imaging methods will be far advanced by then and we can better, more accurate imaging without the radiation. Well, here we are today. 2022, still most imaging exams for these type of patients are done with computed tomography. Yes, the scanners are better, the dose used is much lower, but we're still there. And CT still prevails in this industry, in the clinical trial industry. MRI is not yet that well established for these patient populations. And with this, I see the persistence of what we have. We will get at some point in time, especially with the automated analysis, into a more volumetric analysis, no doubt, instead of measuring the longest diameter of a tumor, it is much, much more accurate to assess the total volume. And with that, the volume change over time of such tumors, but also their criteria are needed. And based on what uh, is now published and validated and correlated with OS, with overall survival, the IR resist, will find its way into that new assessment paradigm as well.
0: Okay. well, uh, a lot to look forward to then. Thank you very much, Oliver. It was an absolute pleasure having you here. And I know much more now about uh, RACIST and IR RACIST than I did before. So thank you.
1: I'm glad Um, that I could explain it the way so that uh, you can understand it. Thank
0: you. Yep, you did. Uh, and thank you all for watching Kalex Cafe today. Uh, I hope you also found it as interesting as I did. And we'll see you soon.